So I know what you're all thinking. What's it like having a mullet? And what's it like having a bushy beard? Well, it's kind of weird. This is not my homily. This is random thoughts. Because it's my third mass, by the way, so my brain's a little bit scattered. Um, it's kind of weird because some people tell me I look like Jesus. And I don't think Jesus had a mullet. And then sometimes after mass, like tonight, someone told me, Father, you kind of look like a terrorist. And I was like, okay. So I don't know if that's a compliment or an insult or a joke. So um, that has nothing to do with anything. I just thought I'd share with you what's on my mind right now. But let's just kind of dial it in. Um, I grew up in, a, in, a, in an area where we didn't have any songs about Mary. So when I went to church, uh, pretty loosey-goosey uh, church, no songs were about Mary ever. So I never heard songs like Immaculate Mary or Sing of Mary or the one we entered with today, which was Hail Holy Queen Enthroned Above. I was a part of the, the generation in the 90s where I was introduced to that song, Hail Holy Queen Enthroned Above by Whoopi Goldberg. So for those of you who have seen the, the movie Sister Act, when, when Whoopi Goldberg is dressing up as a religious sister, she goes like this first, got a smile, and she goes through the Salve Regina, which is the Hail Holy Queen in Latin. And, I'm, and I remember watching that and learning, and, and then they kind of kicked it into high gear. I don't know why I did that. Um, they kind of kicked it in high gear, and then they start going to this like, kind of boppy version of a song, which is kind of catchy, but also kind of annoying, um, because it has nothing to do with anything besides getting attention to yourselves, not on God anymore. But there's this like, little, uh, little sister, and she's like, so excited to do her part, because you can tell she's kind of had a hard time. And she says, like, you know, Cherubim. And that's, like, my, my best version of that. And then, like, and, like, and, like Whoopi Goldberg is like, you go, girl. Um, and it was just, like, really my only introduction to a Marian hymn I've ever heard in my life. So I didn't grow up with any Marian hymns. And at the end of my homily, I want to introduce you to a song I heard today as I was actually literally opening the doors at a flower shop because I was there earlier today because it's a tradition uh, on Marian feast days to buy Our Lady flowers to honor her. So I bought these flowers. Flower shops, on a side note, like flower shops, those things are freaking expensive. I was like, holy crap. If I was like a married man, I would be poor because I would buy my wife flowers all the time. And then um, she'd be like, why don't we have any money? Why is our credit card bill so high? <laughs> Anyways, as I walk into this, this store, um, the first words I hear were from a song, and maybe you've heard this song before, but I'll play it for you at the end of my homily. But the words were this, like literally as I opened the doors. How much of my mother has my mother left in me? How much of my mother has my mother left in me? And how much of my love will be insane to some degree? And then it says, and what about this feeling that I'm never good enough? Will it wash out in the water or is it always in the blood? So if you know that song, I'll play it for you at the end of, at the end of, at the end of my homily. Because I think it, it's a good meditation on kind of what, what's going on today. So again, today we, we celebrate the Immaculate Conception of Mary. And again, it's not of Jesus. Because when I grew up, we had nothing to do with Mary in the church. Um, or at least I wasn't listening, which is probably the more of the truth. But Mary is the Immaculate Conception 
And I want you to imagine for, let's just say, I don't know, two, three, four hundred years, somebody was calling you the wrong name. So I'll use, use, use you, Melanie, because you're in front of me. And let's just say I kept calling you Georgia. Hey, Georgia. Good to see you, Georgie. And after a while, you're like, that's not even my freaking name. Like, what are, you, what are you doing? So this is what was happening for Mary. Because people were beginning to think that, you know, like in the 1500s, 1600s, 1700s, that Jesus is the Immaculate Conception. So for those of you who know what happened in Lourdes, in France, in the, in the mid-1800s, there was this little girl, and the Blessed Mother appeared to her. And the first thing the Blessed Mother did, she didn't say anything, but she smiled to say, God wants to know how much he loves you. He wants you to know that. And then when the Blessed Mother appeared a couple more times, she said, Mary said, I am the Immaculate Conception, which is basically saying like, it's not Jesus. You're calling him the wrong name. I'm the Immaculate Conception. And a little bit later, the Pope actually said it's now dogma of the church that Mary is the Immaculate Conception, which means she was conceived without sin. She was saved from that. And we know that God can do that because we even heard in our gospel reading today that nothing will be impossible for God. Nothing. And I want to look at our, our first reading today because I think it tells so much of where you and I are. And we're in Genesis chapter 3. And the first sin just happened. Mary is dialoguing with the dragon. I just preached about this past weekend. So if you haven't heard my homily, go back and listen to that. And this is like right after the first sin happened. Now, when that first sin happened, Mary is, is dialoguing with the dragon. She's talking to the devil and he's instilling doubt. And if Adam had any sense of Gohana, Gohanas in his, like, between his legs, right, he would have been like, stupid devil, get out of the way. Don't talk to my wife. But he's a coward. So Eve grabs for the fruit in the tree. She eats it, and then she gives some to him. And at that point, there's separation from God and man. And the whole intention for all eternity is for you and I to be in relationship with God. God always wants relationship with you, always, 24-7. And we pick up in that reading, and it says, After the man Adam had eaten from the tree, the Lord God called to the man and asked him, Where are you? Which is like a really good question. Because obviously God knows where he is. Because God is God. God is omniscient. He's all-knowing. But when you and I sin, we think God can't see us. And the first thing that you and I do is we become fearful, full of fear. Fear is a consequence of sin. Adam says, I heard you in the garden, but I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid myself. And the Lord's like, well, who told you you were naked? Like, what are you doing? He says, you've, you've eaten from the tree then. I, t- I told you not to do that. You disobeyed. And instead of owning up and saying, you're right, God, I apologize, Adam scapegoats, which is another consequence of sin. He starts blaming other people. Not that anybody on a college campus would ever blame anybody else for their problems because we have nothing in common with the Bible because it's like so old, right? Which is basically another way of what Adam says. He says, the woman put, put you put me here with, she, she gave me the fruit so I ate it. Which is basically saying like, if your wife ever tells you, you know, you get kind of chubby. It's your fault. You feed me all the time. It's, it's like not a good thing to do to scapegoat. We're called to own our sin. So then he's like, okay, 
Let me go to the woman and see what she says. So God goes to him and said, why did you do such a thing? Well, the serpent tricked me. Again, scapegoating, like pointing off. She said, I didn't listen to you, God. I'm sorry. (laughs) At that point, there was separation. And what's happening is that when you and I live in the darkness, which is another consequence of sin, when you and I live in the darkness, we listen to lies because of our sins. You're stupid. You're dumb. Why do you even try? You're a loser. You're a failure. You're never going to be able to to get over that sin, so why do you even try? Or we call other people by what we believe their sins are. You know that girl? She's easy. That guy's loaded. He'll, he'll, He'll give you anything you want. He'll take care of you. And we forget that our God wants us to live in the light. And when you and I live in the darkness, we sin more. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't see a lot of students around campus with their blinds up showing everybody how, how proud they are of their decisions. Most students who are sinning on campus put their blinds down and they lock their door and they go sin. It's pretty clear. But when you and I live in the light, we don't, be, we don't listen to the lies. We don't listen to the lies. We listen to the truth, which has been purchased on the cross, that you are not your sins. You are the sum of the Father's love, which is shown on the cross. And that light from the cross purchased your identity as a son or a daughter of the Father. And it tells you what God originally said, that you are good. And again, if you don't, when I tell you you are good and not just good, but you're very good, if you don't believe that, you've been dialoguing with the dragon. And Jesus wants to save you from those lies. He wants you to walk in the light. And who's at the foot of the cross? Mary, who was obedient to the angel, who brought light, gave her a new name. She's not Mary now. She's hail, full of grace, right? And by taking time and dialoguing, asking questions, like, how, how can this be? I don't, I don't know, man. And the angel says that the, power, the Holy Spirit will overpower you. And by her being humble, she's given a new identity as the mother of God. She gives God her yes. And instead of like thinking about herself, she goes and serves. Which is why on the sign outside of, the, outside of this building, it says relationship, identity, mission. When you're in relationship, you live in the light and you're, you're so aware of your identity. If anybody told you you were a slut or anybody told you you were a whore or you're a drunk or a loser or a fool, you wouldn't listen to it. But if you're outside a relationship, if you're living in a state of mortal sin, you think your identity is your sins. And you, you don't serve. And Mary shows us how to serve. She shows us how to serve by knowing that our lives are not about us. She calls us to live in the light. When you and I live in the darkness, we listen to lies. When you live in the light, we listen to the truth. So do you believe that you're good? I want to give you a challenge each day to put up a little sticky note on your mirror or something you'll see every day. I want you to write on it, you are good. And I'll never tell you to do anything or ask you to do anything 
I personally don't do myself. I do that because I even need reminders myself. And I also want to encourage you to start living in the light and listening to the truth and ask for the Blessed Mother's help when you start listening to those lies that tell you you are your sins or a voice of discouragement or voices of deception. Oh, the song, right? The song is by an artist named, named John Mayer. And it's a song called In the Blood. And maybe you've heard it before, but I want to play it as I close my homily today because I want us to rest. And if you've heard the song before, it's interesting because I, I, see, I, I try to hear it and see it through a biblical lens. But it says, you know, you're just fighting that, that, that voice that says you're not enough. You're not good enough. It says, and it says, is it in the water or is it always in the blood? And you and I were washed clean in the blood of Jesus. And every time you go to confession, your identity comes back. The priest drips the blood of Jesus off his hand onto your soul. And you, you know who you are. And not just who you are, but whose you are. And the Blessed Virgin Mary wants you and I to know without a doubt that you're, you're, you're good, you're beautiful, you're worth dying for, and you are not your sins and you can start again today. You can start over, which is great news. So I'm going to play this song for you. I just want you just to listen. And maybe it'll move you or maybe it won't. But like when I opened those doors this morning and I heard this song, I just felt the Lord wanted me to share it with you. Because music moves people. I love having Quinn and Marie here. Music is so important for our souls. And when you and I honor Mary, when we honor her, not worship her, when we honor her, she always brings us closer to the love of her son for you and I on the cross. So let's take a moment to listen to this song. I just want you to put yourself in a, in a, in a disposition of receptivity just to receive for a moment and to rest and honor what Mary did for us to bring us a savior, to bring us a redeemer. Oh, oh. 